0: Welcome, everyone, to Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek Discovery podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete.
1: You're my tether. You bring me back. Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek for Episode 111. The Wolf Inside comes to you now via Frontipolar Polar Cortex Synapse Transfer.
0: Pete, before we launch into the episode, a bit of fleet news. We were honored when Ted Sullivan, who is co-executive producer on Discovery, as well as uh, a member of the writing staff having received credit, for example, for Lethe, uh, he took to Twitter yesterday as he was waiting to come to the East Coast to tape After Trek. Uh, He put out an all-call for what are some questions that you have, and uh, we were honored to get two responses to our questions some things we've discussed on the podcast pete are you ready to hear from mr sullivan
1: absolutely
0: uh the first question essentially was when was the decision made to go from uh, this mid-season break between eight and seven episodes and then go to nine episodes then the break and then the six that we are currently in um because pete i know we as viewers we as as podcasters, were. Uh, curious as to when that took place particularly in the planning process so his response the network originally planned a more even split but Bojan Kim and Erica Lipalt did such an incredible job on the script and director chris byrne crushed it behind the camera that it became clear it had to be the mid-season break break hashtag adjustments so pete it was when the episode was in the can they realized they needed to switch things around again in a show that's had some schedule switches here and there before you know before the good times back when discovery was ruining everything
1: and I think uh, history is going to reflect that they made the right call there. That was the place to uh, to go to the brief hiatus, and and now we're back to finish season one.
0: The second question, and Pete, I even hesitated. You know, I don't want to burden this guy; he's getting all sorts of questions. But <laughs> I did notice some of the questions were like, "When will the Vok reveal happen?" It was like, all right, I think I could think up a question that this this guy can actually answer, not right. you know, like. What kind of goatees will, you know, things like that. So the second question, what was one change from Star Trek Discovery's original vision that you're most glad has happened? So, again, this idea of you really thought you were going to do X and instead Y happened and Y ended up being better. His response floored me, Pete, that Mirror was pushed much later in the season.
1: Huh. See, I had seen the first one. I had not seen that second response there to think that they would have gone to the mirror universe earlier. I have to disagree with. And again, I think they made the right call.
0: Yeah. I was, I was shocked by the notion that they were going to go to it earlier. It doesn't feel like a gimmick now. I mean, even though look, is it doing some fan service and is it addressing this mirror universe? That's so beloved. Sure. Absolutely. But we've had, the nine episodes of that chapter one to really get to know Mm -hmm. the entire situation and know all these people even some of the the quote-unquote lesser bridge crew uh we we gotten to know everybody then you switch it up the notion that would have been hey we had war for four episodes for five episodes then we went to this iconic place for another turn again absolutely the right call to make
1: as it should be. You got to get to know your regulars before you're throwing them into a completely different situation. So uh, yeah, they made the right call. With that bit
0: of wisdom now dispensed, Pete, let's head to our mission briefing.
1: Our teaser, Matt, begins with a great overhead shot here of Discovery. We go in through the glass on its neck there to a A darkened, flickering hallway. There's sparks. And uh, Harrington calls over to engineering here. She's still working on that electrical malfunction on deck 12. There have been similar problems on deck 11, section 3. Bulkheads are operational. And then we see Stamets, Matt, cradling the body of Hugh Culber. Uh, And he keeps saying forest 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 the forest is dark but i can see him through the trees some hope we'll talk later
0: for Dr. indeed Koffer. it it's an arresting opening in part because as an audience member you know we know the truth precious few know the truth and there's just this moment of oh no you can see where the writing is headed and that is not a criticism at all in fact if anything hear the script uh is leading into the obviousness of oh no, they're gonna blame this guy who is blameless in the situation and that adds to the tragedy of it. Good news though Pete, we're gonna keep things upbeat as we cut to the Shenzu looking wonderful as well with it having its own swirling shot there and uh, we go from space into Captain Burnham's uh, cabin. We get what in this portion of the scene is a voiceover later revealed to be, her kind of monologuing to Tyler, so this is kind of sort of an artsy flashback slash voiceover. Again, total compliment there, um, but it, it's this idea of awakening in the mirror uh, universe, seeing the horror of it. Everything different. The cosmos, cosmos has lost its brilliance, and fear is everywhere.
1: And that is not Starfleet issue sleepyware. <laughs> uh, Pete,
0: I how do I put this? you know, to our listeners. We're all mature, but we're all also gentlemen and gentle ladies. Uh in the mirror, mirror universe where people spend uh, I wouldn't say more time in bed with friendly friends for huggy, uh kissy time. But I think it means something different in the mirror universe. You gotta you gotta dress you gotta dress the part, I suppose.
1: Yes. With that, she uh she receives Somebody into her quarters, Matt, and a a recognizable face, but different. This is Mirror Saru, the first uh, Mirror character we've come across. He's there to perform her daily ablutions, the ritualistic cleaning here. Um, And uh, she asks for the name. A slave has no name. A girl has no name. Uh, I believe he went to say. <laughs> um, but the the voiceover continues here. It's been two days uh, and this place is already inside her head. And as she soaks in the tub here and Saru takes the nail brush to her hands, she wonders, can you bury your heart? Can you hide your decency? And then he dresses her mat uh, and explains, she explains that this, place kills the person you are it it has the
0: mirror universe been influenced by the literature downloaded from the defiant as seen in the star trek episode in a mirror darkly therefore has saru been informed by the mirror universe having read game of thrones is it all truly connected
1: Ooh, when the books are finished in uh the, the the 22nd century uh
0: indeed thank goodness this is gonna be a cryo freeze and it's all gonna work out but
1: the the, the bodiless head of george rr R. martin <laughs>
0: pete but we digress uh still in the Shenzu, uh burnham walks to the transporter room where detmer love that we are getting more detmer heartbroken that it's Mirror detmer who's you know stone cold but I guess you can't have it all. Detmer is uh, sentencing three convicts to death. Pete for thought crimes, thinking bad about the empire, the emperor. And uh, this scene on first view appears to be just an example of the awfulness. I I give a show so much credit when you are planting story seeds for later on, and it's not obvious. We get them beamed out. They appear in space wheezing freezing and dying who knew that that would lead to something later in the episode
1: the breaths there are uh, really effective and and yeah the the symmetrical nature of this episode certainly something to behold um but as we continue here uh detmer as the number one having sentenced and beamed these three prisoners out into space. She meets back with Tyler to kind of decompress. um, And the phrase we're all human here Mm. is uttered. Certainly uh, important within the context of this episode. Um, And uh, Burnham thanks him because he reminds her of everything good. And then he launches into a speech about his first year at the Academy, Matt Ash Tyler went to the Academy.
0: Well, more on that later, Pete, but it's a good yarn. Uh, he was terrified of open space. He could fly anything, but, uh, this terror about the abyss, he required not just the physical tether, but the reminder of that tether as he overcame his fears. And then Pete metaphor. She is his tether from the abyss and uh, has been since before arriving in the mirror universe i don't fault the show for really starting to lay down some of the the clues here i mean not for nothing the vok reveal was 99 done in the prior episode so this is just the tease at this point for the actual confirmation and we're getting it in spades here and to see them holding each other they're the only people that they can rely on here mm-hmm. particularly with Lorca, you know down in that agonizer booth all day every day you can we feel pre-heartbreak if that's a thing
1: oh i completely agree and by the time that saru brings her meal there and uh she for show has to tell tyler we're done here uh go check on my prisoner um we we feel that it it's coming it's already in the process of of ripping our heart out and and stepping on top of it um but she tells mirror saru that she's going to call him saru in honor of a respected friend there's a ping there there's an incoming transmission from the iss discovery it's captain tilly and she reaches quickly under the bed there she's got that little red uh data tape um and uh tilly wants to confirm they're on a secure channel which they are and uh she gives burnham mr saru who she was just speaking with the mirror version um and uh status is unchanged she's still not been able to access the classified defiant information um She's fearful that uh if she transfers information off ship, it'll be detected. Uh and great line out of Sarah there, all too real, Matt. An oppressive regime is by nature a fearful regime. Mm.
0: Indeed. Indeed. What uh <laughs> what, what fear can do certainly and d- all that's going on in this scene it really is a wonder to behold. Particularly, we spent so much time, I think, focusing on when we get to the Vok reveal and the fact that there is this prolonged bit here, whether it's, whether it's Tyler being dismissed um, and, and things of that sort, just how they are stomping on our hearts. I think that's, I, I mean, clearly it's by intent, but I love that they have the wherewithal to, not be playing games with the reveal and to really be, be relishing in it in this scene and relishing in kind of the negativity. Uh, you know, we get, we, we get slave Saru named as Saru question for you, Pete. Do you think she slipped and merely called him Saru and had to kind of come up with an excuse after the fact of, uh, uh, Oh, I'm naming you in honor of someone.
1: Uh, it's possible. It didn't read that way in the moment. Well,
0: that's how I took it at least as a possibility, but, uh, Back to real Saru in this scene as well. Have you encountered any Kelpians? We are so few, and he's told no. This uh, an episode of some convenient lies from Saru to Burnham and uh, and vice versa, and, as we're yeah, about I was to discuss. Say
1: vice versa, um, and it harkens back to her speech that you know you you become more like them the longer you spend in their universe. Now, how conveniently she's able to lie. But uh, back aboard the Discovery, uh, Tilly and Saru discuss the fate of Culber, that he was a friend and colleague, and that uh, Burnham should know. Saru doesn't want her to know that it could complicate her mission, that an intervessel uh, homicide would be a distraction.
0: I appreciate that the show here Absolutely, positively makes it clear that Culber is dead, very, very dead. Um, it, it shows a wherewithal to me where they know that they're not always answering every question at the end of every episode. But I think there also was this sense of responsibility of people can have all these theories about space medicine and space resurrection. And if we only do this, if we only do that, and it needs to be made clear he's dead and he's not coming back. And there's a consequence that that is going to echo through these episodes and there's a weight to it um even though i have a theory about that later on i don't know that we're completely done with Culber for forever but that this guy is dead period the end. Finito. we then go to stamets who it's clearly confirmed as uh, as as tilly and saru approach him th- that they assume that stamets has killed Culber. um there's a glimmer of hope pete in an episode in a world that is looking at hope. Um, Stamets didn't kill Kolber. <gasps> no, no, there's not a murderer on board, as we're all saying, no, listen to Tilly. Tilly, listen to yourself. <laughs> but this was an addled mind reaching through the confusion. And then just, a, just a, a noble and inspired twist here. Tilly's saying, this is not a medical issue. This is a sport issue. Tilly, yeah. our Tilly showing strength. No one is more qualified than her. Let her help, please
1: yes before we're back on the shenzhou in the chair with burnham here incoming hail from captain maddox of the imperial flagship seeks an audience and they acknowledge there before we get the holographic appearance on the bridge and um the uh, the emperor has a mission here. Once they get past the pleasantries of, of Burnham reclaiming her position as captain, imperial intelligence has learned location of the Firewolf, uh, the Klingon leader leader of the resistance here. His base on Harlak, Terran, General order four. States that any exotic species deemed a threat to imperial supremacy will be uh, extinguished without prejudice. With that, uh, Burnham is told to kill them all. The Emperor commands it.
0: There's a number of times in this episode where there's some, and I don't really like the word techno babble because it sounds like it's babble and sounds like it's nothing. But but where there's some technical language, whether it's the legal political of uh terran order, order four or some of the spore drive lingo that we get later on in the episode and the presentation really does a nice job of saying technical language technical language technical language and then someone says so that means we must kill everyone it's kind of like oh yeah yeah i was able to follow that and later on when you're talking about the frontal lobe and the this and the that then saru says so it must be this like thanks episode for helping me um I love to in the scene detmer anticipating she's prepping for the mission to yep. get those torpedoes ready uh but burnham calls her off of that calls the bridge crew weak while our you know our good burnham is trying to weaken them um she will not kill from from above she's going to take a landing party down and then come back with some ill intel to boot pete we are 14 minutes into this episode and then we finally hit the title card
1: Well earned in this 11th episode to go this deep. There's so much going on in terms of the story that we lay everything out. We really feel, I mean, Matt, we've not been in the mirror universe, a complete episode yet uh, in in terms of acknowledgement of it, I should say Uh, we we've been there since the last episode, but now that, it's been acknowledged. We still haven't spent an entire, you know, 44 minutes. And I, I think this was necessary time spent early in this episode, really soaking in the stakes.
0: This, an episode uh, written by Lisa Randolph and directed by uh, TJ Scott. We come back from the title card, Pete, we all need our breaks, you know, some water cooler time lurk on a torture break. At least I'm sure that's what the <laughs> torture guards were told. Uh, it, it's him and Burnham uh, having a, a discussion. He counsels that if the opposition has to be killed here, then you do it, if only to protect the lives back home. An interesting argument, Pete, that a life in the prime universe counts more than, than a life here. At least that's what he's suggesting.
1: Yeah and and justifies the terrible means uh, line of thinking here, but she's afraid coming from that good universe as she does, Matt, more on that later, that uh, she's afraid his suffering is influencing his judgment. Um, Look at what this rebellion represents. This is an unshakable union of species, Klingons, Vulcans, Andorians, Tellarites. Um, And that this is closest thing this universe will ever see to a Federation.
0: Indeed, Pete, this Alliance of rebels, this gulp rebel Alliance, uh, they have their Klingon rebel leader and, Again, look, clearly this is an episode that's doing some, I don't want to suggest it is uh, letting us down in any way. This is a wonderful, wonderful episode. I'm just saying the, the, that the, the mechanics of the script have to get us to Burnham with Vok and then what that's going to do for Tyler and what that's going to do for the Alliance. So there's a little bit of a kind of a tic-tac-toe aspect in its construction. Not a criticism at all. However, this idea of how are we, why why do we need to talk to this guy? An inspired answer. Uh, their Klingon rebel leader may tell them how to deal with the Klingons back home. Then to boot, we, they get to uh, Burn does get to foster this coalition of hope. And uh, Lorca has a suggestion there as well, doesn't he, Pete?
1: Yeah. No landing party. You and Tyler go alone. Back aboard the discovery, here, um, Tilly explains that Stamitz called her captain. Uh, the hypothesis that Stamitz was getting glimpses uh, preceding their arrival and scans of the tardigrade showed neural activity um, in that frontal, cor- frontal cortex, frontal polar cortex region. Um, the neural activity there mimicking what is going on with stamets now, these micro patterns, the neurons firing uh, to nowhere or so they thought at the time. But there seems to be some kind of neuronal link that could restore the function of the entire brain. And what organism, Matt, could do that?
0: The spores, of course, Pete, and this is where we get kind of the, the – uh non-technical explanation or restatement rather um the, this could be a portal to other realities the spores cultivated by the host can now help the host and with stamets lost in the network the spores will bring the network to him so we all clear on that that they're going to do the inz and the outsie and they're going to help him <laughs> as they start to spore him up and he starts to twitch moment of of, of highest uh tension here pete so Back we go to the Shenzhou landing party of two ready to beam down even with Tyler's shaky hand and uh, amazing pace here. I mean, we're barely in the transporter room, then they've beamed down 500 meters from the rebel encampment. Uh, They see nothing and then are fired upon with a quite good pyrotechnic effect there. Yeah,
1: yeah, Um, there's a Vulcan with a with an over the shoulder launcher there and Tyler won't. Uh, be allowed to fire back by Burnham that will confirm they are the enemy Um, she has a plan she takes the phaser from him hands up, don't shoot Uh, seek an audience with the one called the firewolf we see an Andorian mat in pretty much the classic makeup there there were some ridges this time around uh, above the eyes interesting way to go maybe
0: uh how do i put this Pete? in universe it is because of the increased musculature that moves (laughs) the antennae or that is to say a really talented person put small motors to make the antenna move and hid the motor assembly in a thing that goes on the forehead then gets covered over with blue makeup so it's win-win also a winning stance pete the idea of we come in peace uh, Burnham mm-hmm. saying that she calls for an audience with the fire wolf. Pete, can I tell you how many times my fingers typed fire wharf that <laughs> I had to go back? Um,
1: He's a different character in this uh, alternate universe, but how about we come in peace as the callback to, to Kovma um, in, in the pilot, Matt, you know, a lot of uh, footage from those first two episodes utilized here in this episode, something I think could only happen in this type of presentation.
0: Oh, I completely agree. And we can get into it deeper later on, but I was blown away by either design of the pilot or design of this episode, how those callbacks fit so incredibly perfectly. I would say that that's a result of really committing to this serial model that that you know so shocked san diego comic-con all those summers ago shatner saying what? not episodic serial we get this episode working at its highest height because it is serial because it is this modern presentation um it's also an episode not in a rush i like how they're taken to this uh to this uh, camouflaged base by way of this mud bridge, uh, it was just—it was cool looking. I don't quite know yes. the purpose. I suspect whatever quarry they hit in the Greater Toronto area maybe just had that, and they went with it. But question for you, Pete: Is it cloaked or is it active camouflage? Follow up question: What's active camouflage?
1: It's a cloak. <laughs> oh, okay, that was easy. That's—that's that's what I read it as. Um, but uh this cloak this active camouflage of course name checked is how the firewolf has been able to keep this camp secret for more than two years uh so then in the uh the little uh bivouac matt we get the emergence of an albino klingon and my notes immediately call out valk question mark and he talks, and I'm not quite sure. You had a theory as to why he sounds a little, a little different.
0: Uh, I think the in-universe theory is because here we have Vak speaking English. So I think that if we if we had some sort of quasi-scientific answer, it would be to speak English, you only need to use a certain portion of the Klingon larynx. Versus to speak eloquent Klingon, you need to use what I like to. Call you know the second larynx you know call back to <laughs> to next generation where you know Klingons have three livers and four lungs and two backbones so if Worf is gonna you know be uh, be paralyzed he has the backup anti paralysis system Deus Ex Machina whatever it might be um, I think from a production point of view you had to obscure Valk's voice from day one, so they add an electronic effect. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do that, then you have to do it to the other Klingons, okay, so they do that. And here we have the D processed voice spoken in English, so that, that resolves a production concern, resolves a kind of an in-universe science concern. I think that's why he sounds a little, a little different, Pete. Either that or uh, Javed Iqbal really is doing an amazing job.
1: I think it it rightfully has you questioning it based on the presentation, but then he announces himself as Fox, son of none. This after in the previously on, we got that recapped as well, but there's a close in on Tyler as he begins to talk and he explains that his spies had told him that Burnham was dead. um, And she explains she's betraying her kind, risking her life. To save them, uh, she in the mirror universe is the butcher of the binary stars. But uh, there's two sides to every battle, Matt. Though she executed thousands of his kind, uh, and she is the figurehead of Terran cruelty, there is uh, more going on here that uh, you know. She would he would be happy to relieve her of her existence but this is wasting time. The emperor has discovered their location. She has orders and the Tellarite Matt, uh, with, with the, the crazy makeup as well. Um, looking on, they could help one another.
0: Indeed. This idea of, first of all, that there's, that there's pressure on the story here. Every moment that they fight is a waste of time. Others will be coming to Harlac soon enough. Oh my goodness, Pete! That's foreshadowing for the end of the episode. Um, she she's offering a safe strafing of Harlach after everyone has left. Question here: Can Vok trust her? And then they bring out the the prophet, and of course, the prophet is Master Sarek. And of course, of all these characters to have a goatee—it's the Vulcan a real guy, real
1: goatee. None yes. Of this, uh, oh, all right. We we glued some hair on his face stuff here this is an honest to goodness goatee on james frayne's face
0: yeah just a wonderful moment all around he initiates a mind meld and he sees her past pete he kind of does his own previously on star trek discovery (laughs) previously Um, in the non-mirror universe (laughs) finding out your universe is a lie um when it's all over, he's shocked. He sees a world with potential and human compassion—a uh, startling aspect to everyone at that table. There, a startling notion. As we get an act break,
1: yes, coming out of that, there they can't argue with the the prophet. Uh, they need to prepare evacuations. Uh, they have uh, given Burnham the right here to demand something in return. Um, And uh, she wants to know how uh, he's gotten all of these species uh, to cooperate. Klingon, Vulcan, a willful Andorian. How have you achieved this allegiance? And um, Miravok goes into the light of Kales, guiding him in all things. And this triggers Tyler. Uh, to flashbacks from the pilot of Takuvma about purity uh, being a threat to uh, all the other non-Klingon species. The the great line from the pilot that the Federation seeks to drag the Klingons into the muck with Vulcans, Tellarites, filthy Andorians.
0: This is the moment where you say, I doubt they wrote the pilot with this reveal in mind, although it's possible. They said, Oh, here's a little nugget for, for later on. Um, But I mean, so much credit, so, so much credit to, to Lisa Randolph on her script where it, it, it jumps into that moment and you really can say, Oh my goodness to from his certain point of view, protesting this mixing here. Now, Tyler, who, who, Tyler as Vok, Vok, this this uh, disciple of Takovma, he's seeing this mixing in front of him. Just a wonderful notion as something to really start to push Tyler to the edge. Um, but here, mirror Vok, having reached a more positive conclusion, how is he able to do all this despite um, these calls for for purity? We fight to maintain our culture, maintain our uh, language. Shades here of. You know, uh, snuffing out a culture by snuffing out its language. And then he hammers home Klingons are only strong when standing together. And it's at that point, Pete, that Tyler snaps, speaking Klingonese and fighting Vok.
1: Remain Klingon or die. He grabs the Batleth, which of course he can yield. Um,. Or, or wield, I should say, but he'll yield in a moment. <laughs> uh, Valk wants to know who he is. I thought we were going to get the I'm you, which would have been interesting. <laughs> um, you know, how can you speak our forgotten tongue? And they go back and forth before Vok ultimately gets Tyler by the neck there with a, with a mechleth and drops him. Uh, and he's convinced now that the Terran soul is so dark, it can now suppress a Vulcan mind meld.
0: Luckily, though, Sarek, you know, once again, though not once again in this universe, but Sarek once again is standing up for Michael Burnham. She is an outsider seeking escape, seeking uh, hope, equality, and peace. To spare her life is to spare all. And... I, I think there's a whiff of oh we must not go against the prophet. I'm glad that they don't stress that here. We've gotten that once, and I think it's just it's it's better to to have the less dialogue to just say oh Sarek once again vouches for her. Um, so they're going to go their separate ways. However, she needs to leave with some intel. Shukar gives her uh, intel of listening stations, which of course will be inactionable before they can actually act on the Intel um
1: and it's it. a nice callback to the first season of enterprise with a lot of Vulcan and Dorian tension that being over listening stations the the uh, Vulcans maintain they didn't have one ultimately find out they they do and here to have the Andorian furnish the information to uh Burnham I think was a was a nice way to hand that off
0: absolutely, and a great connection there Pete um Bach is thanked for his wisdom uh, but vok will not return that thanks until all are safe uh with that again the the episode knowing when to slow down, knowing when to speed up uh Burnham and Tyler beam up, they hand over the Intel, prep the torpedoes, but only fire with orders from Burnham. Let's take a breath, Pete. Let's head back <laughs> to discovery. A nice, easy scene here with a bunch of techno talk that requires Saru to say, uh, the scientist saved by his own specimens. So are you clear, Pete? There's saving going on.
1: Yeah. And another callback here, the spores, the the veins and muscles of the universe, which Stamets had said to Tilly before, um, and The fungi are the only organism with the biological aptitude to link death with life. But there's the issue of Stamets' heart rate. Uh, It's elevated. That's an expected side effect, uh, which means it's working. But then it drops again. He can't withstand this exertion. There's... uh, various issues with his autonomic functions. Uh, and they are going to lose him altogether. We see non Dr. Culber doctors, (laughs) which is strange on discovery, uh, who, who go into the reaction cube here, uh, stamets flatlining, and, and they attempt to shock him out of, uh, the, uh, the, the state he's in, but they're unable to do it. Um, as we, see tilly sobbing to end that act
0: pete here's how i know i am a hardcore star trek fan you have just concluded the recap of this scene talking about uh a a then dead character another character overcome with grief with loss with failure and I want to talk about can, can we on a rewatch check to see the rank pips on the medical staff to determine whether these are the two <laughs> other doctors or whether these are uh, nurses or nurse practitioners or doctors in training or whatever. So I know where my Star Trek heart lies, and that's checking rank pips and making sure everything <laughs> ship shape.
1: As this fourth act begins here in Burnham's quarters, she wants the truth now out of Tyler. Uh, you know, Matt, we just, we just went from Star Trek two where somebody's dead in a reaction cube and somebody's crying outside of it to Star Trek three. This, this is uh Savick and, and Dr. Marcus. It's time for total truth between us. <laughs>
0: um, it seems to me, or it seemed to me that she was in the process of putting all the pieces together. Although in retrospect, the show probably most wisely is not going to go for a sixth sense moment of oh man instead we're going to have valk reveal himself which i think is the more emotionally
1: damaging i think it's for her too preposterous for any one person to put it together without some kind of empirical evidence as culber had or a confession as tyler valk viler <laughs> talk <laughs> what i don't know what we're gonna call him <laughs> does here I-
0: well, I think that, as he verbalizes first his allegiance and effective to Lorel, and then kind of the the Tyler persona is being um, burned away, you know, torchbearer, ash, etc., as yes. has been pointed out in the past, mm-hmm. I like that we see him reremembering the torture now instead he, instead of it being the human face of Tyler that's on there, it's the 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 Klingon face of Vak. Well and it
1: changed in the middle of the memory.
0: Yes, yes. And, and and I read that as him him reinterpreting the events and the events and accurately recalling this as a transformation, a grim surgery, painful to be true to to be true, but um not the torture that he had. Um he had resisted the call by thinking of Michael, um, but now the time has come, he remembers it all. And Pete, I think the moment of the the moment of parity where, where Vok truly is Tyler and vice versa. He stretches his neck and says, we needed to infiltrate the ship. In my mind, that is the moment of full Vok.
1: It was a great affectation. Um, I liked to the line about um, needing to reduce the Klingon body to human. And he says, he doesn't think he's, Ash Tyler, Starfleet Lieutenant, not anymore. Um, and it it really you can't watch what we have to this series and and not have questioned it. And I I think credit has to be given in a day and age of the internet and and people talking about all of this and that they've been able to stave off a, a direct leak of any of this. I mean, Matt, there is a there is a guy on Twitter who pretends to be the actor who's been credited to be Valk, uh, Javid Iqbal, real Javid Iqbal. And, um, you know, we just live in a great time that stuff like that can go on. Um, I think this reveal works very well alongside that of Westworld. I'm not going to reveal What was revealed in case you haven't seen it, but there was something that people were hypothesizing as of the second episode uh, and they got it right. And, you know, very early on, uh, you can go back and listen. I floated the theory. Other people uh, floated it afterwards. Um, I'm not going to take sole credit for it. I I think it's a it's a collective situation. But you know, there we were on the podcast that night, and I'm saying, wait, Matt, what about this? Uh, giving up everything as Tyler, I'm sorry, as as Valk, uh said he would. What more to give up than your Klingon identity? And and here it is. And I I think we very much left it possible for Tyler to redeem himself given everything that's gone on.
0: We'll save that for theories cuz yes. I I don't know that I I agree that it's a writing room option. I don't know that it's I don't know that it's uh currently that we're on that trajectory currently, but time will tell. Pete, just in case you thought that there was still how just some hope beyond hope for Dr. Kolber. Uh, we get uh, Vok now addressing that very topic. Great line, Dr. Kolber looked past the feeble body. That's right, Pete. He just called us all feeble. Saw the heart of a warrior, and he is dead for it now. Uh, Burnham draws her phaser. We get a flashback to that's how she drew her phaser onto Kuvma as yeah. well. Um, and I love here, you know, we had done a little bit earlier in the scene, some true mixing of the, you know, Tyler, Tyler voice and then the Vok, you know, processed voice. There's a middle ground here, too, particularly as he's talking about Takovma, where, where uh, Shazad Latif is doing a slight Klingon accent, not the back of the throat stuff and no running it through uh you know, some sort of augmenter, but just the way he perfectly pronounces, you know, it's just this, there's all this acting going on. It's just so wonderful. It really is fantastic.
1: And to see what took place between Valk and, um, Burnham on the bridge of the ship of the dead, when she scratched his eyes there, but couldn't blind him to the truth. So they, they have a history beyond what took place with Takuvma, physically and, and now they're lovers and and now it's completely fallen apart.
0: Uh, Things get turned up quite a notch as uh, Vok chokes uh, Burnham here. And she's, she's at least temporarily unable to fight back. Um, But the slave of no name pulls uh, Vok off of her security, not far behind. Uh, Tyler Vach is shocked into passivity and first officer Detmer arrives, concluding that he must be beamed into space. Terran law is quite clear. Uh, there's no complaint there from, uh, from Burnham as we'll learn later on. It actually works out quite well, but it, upon first view, it's unclear as to whether she is driven by rage or the, um, you know, true rage or the, or, or the false front of rage. Whew. With all that, Pete, take us back to Discovery in what I'm sure is going to be an uplifting scene.
1: Yeah. Uh, after the, the subject of uh, Valk and Tyler is addressed, we have Tilly standing out uh, outside of uh, Stamets in the reaction cube there, uh, telling him that she hopes, wherever he is, that uh, Culber is with him. And then there's beeping Uh, and inside of the network there or the forest, it would seem Matt, we have mirror Stamets with the uniform and everything. Hello, Paul, ready to get to work. Um, so we cut it off there. We don't return to that. That's going to certainly be something to discuss for future episodes.
0: Absolutely. And, Though the scene starts with Stamets still quite dead, ultimately it's a scene uh, that's about hope. We uh, we go back to the Shenzhou and its transporter room. Uh, Ash Tyler is guilty of attempted murder and uh, proclaimed as such by Detmer. Uh, the the orders then handed over to Burnham. Uh, any last words? And Pete, for all the for all the construction that went into the Voc reveal, which we could. See elements of coming in which which fed our theories. This is a scene that does not tip its hand one iota as to having a a secret mission all its own. She approaches. There was a
1: fake out. Did you catch it? What was the fake out, Pete? Prior to them entering the transporter room, over the PA, it says the shuttle bay two is closed until further notice. And I said, Ah, she's going to beam them in the shuttle bay two. And I like Uh, that they didn't do that. I far prefer what happened, but that immediately, immediately piqued my, uh, my interest.
0: Particularly with this notion that she's going to carry it out, uh, carry out his, uh, his punishment in a moment. Right. Um, but she approaches him. Any last words? And in Klingon, he says, Kalis, give me the light to see forever." Ironic, Pete, because he's not about to see the end of things at all. <laughs> um, and and here punches him where...
1: in the gut there. Yeah. And then she wants to do the controls, and now I'm like, all right, she's completely beaming him to shuttle bay two. She'll she'll beam him out. He'll pass out. She'll she'll beep beep, beep beam him into shuttle bay two. Nope. Uh, this one dies by her own hand. She beams him out, wants Lorca delivered to her ready room. Uh, so there's some time here and we're kind of like, all right, that's, that's what went down. Um, and, and she wants, And that's to the
0: brilliance. That's the brilliance of that pacing there where in the first, in the first iteration, when the three people were beamed out, it was judgment is proclaimed beam them out we see them beamed out we see them go into into space and the fact that we're now playing with time here where we stick with this scene and in a moment when we see him beamed out to space there's actually time overlap here and the show is cheating yeah. just a little bit to, to 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 pull things out here
1: yeah i have to wonder too as far as distance is concerned right because is discovery Anywhere near them? Uh, if there's a, are we trans warp beaming now? I think I
0: think Discovery has ISS Discovery has every right to be in this neck of the woods. Um, is it maybe a bit of a gray area intentionally for the uh, for the script? Eh, okay, maybe. Um, I don't with know. With a with How a much clock do you want on to a
1: guy out? being out. in in the vacuum of space for seconds. Yeah, I I think it's a let's get Ted Sullivan in here (laughs) in in terms of of what happened there. But uh, Burnham's looking to soothe the blow of Tyler's betrayal with a little private interrogation. We see Tyler in that vacuum of space there before he's beamed onto Discovery. And uh, he tells Saru he should have let him die with honor or she Burnham should have let him die with honor. But though they're stranded there, Saru says, they're still Starfleet. Um, Discovery has the defiant classified information here. It was on Tyler. Tyler which I thought was a, a nice callback to uh, placing the explosive on the Klingon that was beamed into the Ship of the Dead uh, back in those first two episodes. So a lot of callbacks here. Um, but instead, he's been remanded, Tyler has, to the brig. He's going to wait a, a, a tribunal, maybe get a little time in that Laurel cell.
0: <laughs> Something tells me, Pete, it's not going to be the uh... – not gonna be in the conjugal cell where they're placed um i just love the reveal here that this isolinear square uh, has been smuggled off by his betrayal um i hope that they maybe get into some of the internals of how burnham planned to do this if he didn't fake her out you know that kind of i think there's some stuff on second viewing we just need a little more information and i'm confident that either it's it can be pieced together off camera or they'll discuss it next episode regardless the 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 heist is good even if i don't understand every little last twist and turn of it um but uh saru remanding tyler to the brig ahead of a tribunal Uh, maybe our space lawyers out there can tell us can (laughs) do you do it well, I guess a tribunal is just a general term for kind of a military court kind of thing. Yeah. But how about this way, Pete? I'm glad they didn't say court-martial because something tells me that Tyler's, you know, degree from Starfleet Academy is not is not uh, quite as, uh, as truthful as we first thought. But back we go to the Shenzhou Ready Room. Lorca and Burnham having a chat here. Uh, indeed, Lorca deciphering that they can't run now what if they need more information what if this uh isolinear square can't be decoded as quickly as they thought um she is not alone they will survive together in this place we'll see since their accommodations are shall we say slightly different but uh, the conversation is interrupted by another vessel coming into space pete a oh, massive
1: no. signature in orbit here another vessel targeting harlack The rebels aren't evacuated yet, Um, so she rushes out to the bridge. She tells them to grab Lorca, you know, the the POW in uh, her quarters there. Uh, But why can't they see this other vessel Um, and uh, Burnham's face? is certainly something that we watch register the the disgust the horror of this massive bombardment matt there's discussion on the bridge that the the yield is off the charts they're attempting to compensate for electromagnetic distortion and then it's an incoming transmission of course it's the emperor it's emperor philippa Georgiou, as i predicted last episode Uh, complete with a train of a gold cloak and the Terran sword mat at her hip.
0: Mm, Hmm. Yes. Just a, a fun reveal. I think something that a lot of people saw coming, I think you can argue, you know, they could have done different twists and turns, but isn't the idea of the mirror universe to take all the parts that you already have and to mix them up in a different configuration. Um, but bottom line, she is she's unhappy to have come all this way to address the ignored orders. Oh, and Burnham, why don't you bow before your emperor? Shocking reveal to end the episode. Though the episode is over, our analysis, of course, continues. Pete, we want to take a moment to tip our hats to our emperors and empresses who keep things going, our patrons on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek.
1: Yes, everybody who contributes gets treated like an emperor or an empress. Exclusive podcast content, and then you can have your way with our perks, whichever one you would like. Uh, so please head on over to patreon.com slash today. You don't need to trek all the way across the quadrant to get there.
0: Pete, we have an incoming threat analysis. Let's start with First Officer Detmer.
1: Yeah, number one here, and I think uh, a great decision to have the helmsman of uh, Shenzhou and then the Discovery, now somebody who is in this second position on the Shenzhou in the Mirror Universe, somebody that traditionally is trying to kill the captain and advance to the head of the ship and with the emperor showing up in the last couple seconds here it's only a matter of time until there's a coup and i can't wait to see this go down
0: now pete i was hoping for the opposite i was hoping in part because i'm just a big fan of detmer i was hoping that she was just loyal to burnham and kind of loyal to the end yes this is an unloyal place uh but i was just hoping that she had she had hitched her hitched her wagon to the star that is uh, Burnham. I suppose time certainly will tell. How about Tyler, Pete? Uh, <laughs> any villainous actions in this episode, or, or is the list wrong?
1: Well, let's see. He tries to kill the mirror Klingon version of himself. Then he nearly chokes uh, Burnham to death, and even after being saved, he believes that he should have been allowed to die with honor. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, there's some villainous intent here.
0: Props again to Shahzad Latif, who really makes the, I mean, I don't know what you want to call this middle amalgamation. Vach Tyler, perhaps, <laughs> for nothing Viler. Else, but Viler, um, adds a menace to him that, that, that really does straddle that ground nicely. And you buy the transformation that he goes through. Even if you've seen the end result coming for some time.
1: Vok is such an interesting character because he has, he comes from nothing. And now to give a character that, that comes from no background, no house to implant in him, first year academy stories and all these skills and everything there yet you've made him less than what he was in his native culture um and that's why i'm really looking forward to digging into that in our next segment
0: absolutely but first pete we must get to the emperor and uh, I don't know, there, there's a different weight here uh, <laughs> to, to Georgiou since the last time we saw her, a different, different heft, a different presence, and uh, I dare say life is about to get a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah, who would have thought, Matt, when we were there at New York Comic Con, when uh, some masked uh, cosplayer asked the question if, if we would see Captain Georgiou again before the reveal that it was actually Michelle Yao, uh, that it would be her mirror universe version and she'd be the emperor of the Terran Empire. Do you, do you think that would have completely stunned a room of uh, 5,000 people at the Theater of Madison Square Garden <laughs> all the way back in October?
0: Bow down to your empress. Look, Pete, the, the Madison Square Garden security already didn't understand what was going on. If she all of a sudden made claims about being the empress, I think she might have been tased. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a powerful reveal. Again, even though this was certainly one of the popular options out there, one of the popular theories. And I think in retrospect, again, you look back at all of these mirror episodes and you see that they are excuses to take what you have and look at, look at a very similar copy, not a dissimilar copy, not to reinvent everything. Um, But the, the idea that they would have done the mirror universe sooner, that they would have used her again sooner in this role. Things are the way they should be. It really, really is the case.
1: You know, I saw theories that, all right, muds the emperor. Oh no, I think you floated it. It, It'd be uh, Shatner. Uh, Kirk uh, as the Emperor, but I I like that, I like what you said before, that you, you take the pieces that you have and you rearrange them to fit the situation, and an international star like Michelle Yao with this gravitas, and now she gets to play a hardened Lear villain with history over Burnham, Um, all the way, 11 episodes, (laughs) you know, uh, two in, if you really count the first as a, as a full length movie, um, you know, nine episodes, then we'll, we'll call it since she was killed off. Yes. We've seen her in a hologram since then, um, with, with the message, but you know, long overdue well-earned, and uh, the right decision.
0: Let's take a look at the long-range sensors for some theories. Pete, what's up first?
1: The hope for Culber to return here, Matt, though we see his lifeless body cradled by Stamets, they suspect the worst that he's done this. Um, the trees, the forest, a way to pull him through this. Uh, he says that he can see him uh, through the the trees here, through the forest. Stamets does.
0: It's rare that you get to have your cake and eat it too, narratively um but the prospect of multiple universes and a guy who can travel between them to meet his doppelganger in the mycelial backstage that connects everything that's a great opportunity to bring back Culber in some way um i would argue it's just the right thing to do i mean if only just to to depict Culber and stamets in the future in a a stable happy fairly uneventful relationship um i I think there's story merit to that to just see them as a couple um i certainly hope that's the case and i think that there's enough there's enough kind of story um i'll say mumbo jumbo i don't mean it in a negative way but there's enough story elements there to make it happen without it feeling like what it's his twin brother back from the dead
1: what about uh the valk um mirror version here matt was that indeed shazad Shiz- latif playing him
0: oh i have no question i have no question i think that if you go back and look at the shots carefully um many times we are over vox shoulder seeing burnham and the other aliens and tyler all the way at the end but you're not seeing vox head and vice versa are there some scenes where you see the two absolutely i'm sure there's a lovely stunt man who's put on a mask that might take an hour versus you know the two or three that it might take for a a, a more intricate prosthetic a more multi-part prosthetic and a, a stunt guy of approximate height and they battle for a few wide shots um but i have no question that this was a very, very busy episode for Shahzad Latif playing double duty here in in most of the instances.
1: Did you suspect that the Firewolf was going to be Valk? And a, a, a follow up to that before you answer is there a mirror universe to me?
0: I absolutely f- felt that the Great Wolf was going to be Vok. I mean, everything we've had. Leading towards this episode and everything that we've discussed in terms of understanding exactly what's the flavor of the writer's room here, where they're unafraid to give foreshadowing as foreshadowing, not as complete twists or not as, you know, something that was popular in the prior decade, even with shows I love like Battlestar Galactica and Lost, where you go, oh, here's a really awesome clue for a thing we haven't thought the answer to that was fine 10 years ago uh, shows are well served not to do that anymore you can call foreshadowing foreshadowing a few shows can get away with foreshadowing that you don't see coming or only the only the crazy people putting all the clues together see coming but the <laughs> the average conversation is for westworld for example was not that thing you were talking about Pete that we shan't reveal here but it was an option that crazy people were discussing in episode 2 and episode three and then it's now more of the conversation in four five six and then now it's something to look for in seven eight that kind of thing mr robot the same way where stuff is really really well hidden other than that give us your literary foreshadowing and that's what was going on here the the great wolf the great wharf hashtag it's all connected i absolutely knew (laughs) that was going to be the
1: the fire wharf (laughs) the fire wolf Especially
0: um, especially with that line from last episode that I think was in the previously on that was like Tyler saying, what? You mean you might face yourself here? Yeah, you're literally going to face your yes. other self here.
1: Um, It's been weird the way things have unfolded and they could have never ever in the writer's room thought of the way that real life would intrude with um, Anthony Rapp – coming out about what happened to him um, and, and Kevin Spacey. And it just feels though, ever since that's happened, Stamets has been in this state and we've seen so little of him. And I, I think it was really great when he's walking through the, the mycelial network there and mirror Stamets with a different personality And now, Matt, 11 episodes in, we're getting our third different Stamets. There was Grouchy Stamets, the first one we came to know. Then there was Hippie, somehow influenced by the miscellial network Stamets. And now there's kind of in between Mirror Stamets
0: well here's a response and a theory for you pete maybe mirror stamets has been visiting his counterpart unbeknownst through the mycelial mycelial network um i think it would be completely plausible story-wise for you know sneaky uh mirror stamets who knows the ways of uh you know being underhanded and all of that to say yeah actually we were I was sharing your brain for various times. Flashback to him being nice to Tilly. Uh, or, you know, we had swapped and you just thought you had, your mind had wandered or things of that sort. I think you could absolutely get away with it because we're in this fantastic realm here of, of the mycelial uh, network and all of that. Um, and just to, to go back to another point of yours, I know you said it clearly. I just want to reiterate. I know you are not suggesting that this was filmed anytime in relation to the the revelations the allegations no. about spacey i know the frakes episode was shot in july this yeah. shot right after it's so this is late july early august so again i know you said that clearly i just wanted to hammer it home that this is a a, a strange coincidence and yeah, not a causality. it
1: worked out and i know that um there there's been a couple of relevations, uh, in the, in the past couple days that people have really credited, um, Anthony Rapp. And in fact, Michelle Williams, um, when, uh, Mark Wahlberg gave back the entire $1.5 million he was given for, um, reshoots on all the money in the world where she only received, what was it like $8,000? Um, she credited Anthony rap with, uh, the the strength here to come forward. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be something that, uh, we'll look back on. Obviously we're, we're looking back now because they, they filmed all that time ago. Um, just, certainly grabs your attention given what's taken place
0: well from some real life strength to some fictional uh weakness perhaps a question for you pete in in that scene where Lorca suggests a landing party of two and then says and hurry back please and then later when he's in his uh his uh private interrogation quote unquote um the southern accent a little bit more pronounced how much damage is occurring to Lorca and i guess a follow up and a larger question are we setting up the season 1 exit of Lorca who now truly needs to go get uh, therapy and needs uh, attention for the crimes he has committed or gets drummed out of the star service and then then gets a, a shot at therapy you know are we starting to set up a Uh, an arc here where he gets them back as one final act as a Starfleet officer. Then it's time for him to step down and we're reshuffling some cast roles here.
1: With the Valk thing now out of the way, Matt, we're, we're looking at another reveal, I think. And that is the true nature of Gabriel Lorca.
0: You commit to the theory that the Lorca we've known is the mirror Lorca.
1: He pushed the button to bring them where they are. I think that's very difficult to overlook. Um, I'm not committing to him as somebody from definitively the mirror universe, but he had this knowledge of it.
0: I think he pushed that button to escape from where they were to escape a place where the war was about to end. He was going to have to hang up his badge. He was going to have to answer for some, missteps to say the least perhaps crimes and they were going to take away his chair take away his command and he was not ready to do any of that but if he could go to the great unknown and come back war hero and peaceful explorer they would have to keep him around i think that was his motivation I why am i why <laughs> am i so team Lorca? this guy is like <laughs> this guy is manipulative. Is, is
1: burnham going to be able to shed two captains and get her own command I don't think so. And that they conceived this mirror universe well out. This is not, oh, and hey, for episodes 10 through 13, we're going to be in the mirror universe. You know, we've never been there for more than one in a row. We're going to be there for three. No, this is the back half of the season, Matt. This was part of the plan. As you outlined earlier per executive producer, ted sullivan that they originally were going to go sooner and they wisely held off so i think that lorca is really involved with this again i'm not convinced he's from the mirror universe but i think we've got evidence to prove that he could be
0: well certainly with i mean there's some amount of tyler story left but it's not going to be is tyler Vach. it's going to be how is he dealt with in this, you know, by this Starfleet that treats prisoners with dignity, but also was going to treat, <laughs> treat Tyler fairly, which is to say he's going to jail and he's not getting out. Um, I cannot conceive of an episode where, oh man, uh, Tyler Vock used his fork to short the thing. And now it's going to be, he's in the Jeffries tubes. No, he's <laughs> securely in the brig and not getting out. There's going to be armed guards now, uh, where, where prior there had not been. um, so i I think you know his time may come to a close as well. I think if we're going to set up a potential Lorca exit as a as a character from the show, we may well, as well with Tyler.
1: Well, we're going to have him in close proximity to Lorel. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. We, we've we had so little of Mary Chifo's wonderful Klingon lately that it's going to be good to get back to that. And I think next episode could be primed for that. But Matt, it's going to be a big Emperor episode next time out. I mentioned it before when we talked about what, uh they could be coming from and you've since watched the enterprise episode dealing with the mirror universe the the two-parter right you watched both of it
0: uh i did i did and let me (laughs) let me say i bear no ill will to enterprise to star trek enterprise um it is the show i have the least emotional connection to uh even though i had you know in my in my Uh, teenage haughtiness. I had quickly given up on Deep Space Nine because it felt so different. Although I guess it was into season two when it gave up. But I mean, point is, Enterprise was the show I exited the least and that I have still since uh, seen the least of. Was not crazy about In a Mirror Darkly um, for a variety of reasons that we don't need to get into now, in part because I think it's unfair for me to judge that show, having seen so few episodes. But boy, was it fun to be Enjoying a story that directly impacts this story.
1: Yeah. And how'd that end there in that version of the mirror universe?
0: That ended with the reveal. There's a bit of a, it's not a super great episode, but there's a bit of a passing the ball around of who is going to take this USS Defiant from the future that has future tech It is concurrent to Kirk's enterprise um, in classic Trek. Who's going to take this, this super weapon to take control of the Terran empire and declare themselves emperor. Is it going to be the captain? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And ultimately it is a lowly mirror Hoshi Sato who declares herself empress. Um, So here we are Pete with another lady emperor.
1: And an Asian superstar, Matt in Michelle Yao, are Hoshi Sato and Philippa Georgiou related? Is this the handoff from Empress to Emperoress?
0: <sighs> you know, I think it. I think it could go either way. I think that Discovery has at times avoided fan service merely for fan service at least on the surface that said when there's all these references of you know uh compare you know uh, saru compare my leadership style to the greatest captains that there ever were and you get this this host of you know you get archer and you get uh, Georgiou and you get um, um pike and, and and things of that sort so they don't mind the little ones i worry that they worry that they don't want you to feel like, oh man, so all I have to do is go back and watch the classic Trek original, and then uh, the Inner Mirror Darkly parts one and two, and then I can only start to understand things here. Um, that said, you can you can split the baby and say, ah yes, I you know my family has held this all the way since you know Empress Sato. And then that's it. it could be, And then to the casual fan, you can say, oh, well, that's that's um, interesting enough. You know, I don't know what that means. To fans who get it, they can get it. So, Pete, you've talked me into there being a passing reference to really tie it all together. And not for nothing, we're seeing the Defiant, right? I mean, I haven't watched the preview. But we're going to see the Defiant refit, classic Trek design, et cetera, et cetera. That's where we're headed to, surely, right?
1: I'm not going to spoil that. Oh.
0: I'll take that as a yes for my own (laughs) headcanon. With that, let's go to hailing frequencies.
2: Hailing frequencies
0: open, sir. Pete, we start with uh, a a tweet from uh, Mary Chivo herself, Laurel. We had let her know in the last uh, episode that uh, on our Wee Podcast, we've taken to calling the brig the hashtag Laurel cell thought you'd get a chuckle. And uh, her response uh, the next uh, the next day was, "Oh my goodness, I love it! I can't wait to check out the podcast." So we hope she did. If she didn't, well, we you know she's a busy gal, to be true.
1: Well, there you go. We've we've done uh, new Catraz with Alcatraz, Lorel cell. it is. I got an eight on a uh, pilot on the blacklist. I'm I'm ready for pilot season, Matt. Get me get me in there.
0: Absolutely. Pete, we ran a poll, which uh, as of this recording is still taking votes, but we, we ran a poll shortly after the episode ended. What did you think of tonight's episode of Star Trek Discovery? The four choices, loved it, goatees and all, liked it, it lit my torch, uh, meh to the mirror, and last, this uh, is this an agonizer booth? and uh pete no (laughs) votes in the negative half here people voting overwhelmingly 71 percent loved it goatees and all the rest of the votes liked it this was an incredibly fun episode for all the darkness this was just the uh, the payoff of so much and uh, a better mirror episode than we got last time it was just so much fun
1: you know what i think is the most telling thing matt I don't hear any of the, oh, I'm not paying for it, so I don't care anymore stuff. I think the mirror universe got a lot of people on board.
0: Yes, because it's that perfect, it's it's back what's familiar, but also what's unfamiliar. Um, And we have a tweet that I think captures that, sentiment as well uh there's a tweet from JT Adkins that's at JTA is me uh he says the emperor's identity was what I expected and that's awesome also this non-spoilery kudo the betrayal punishment and aftermath uh, of same was unexpected and a great twist it just keeps making me happy (laughs) oh and it was inspirational So I I think JT capturing a certain feeling, and and I don't, you know, we've been on our podcast, we've been a little teasing with some of the Star Wars fans who didn't get their theories correct, and now they're upset. But we won't tease here. But I I bring that up just to say, I think that this show and this story arc has it's hit this sweet spot of. It's got nostalgia and callbacks. It's got the unexpected. It's got the expected theory that you've kind of seen coming and then you get it confirmed. And it's got it's got a good mix where you don't feel like, oh, uh, Pete, I was right and you were wrong. It's kind of like, hey, we're all in, in this together.
1: Yeah. And I think as they're breaking and starting to script this second season, there's this wind in their sails as a result of this. Um You know, in 2018, what happens outside of a writer's room in terms of fan reaction, they're aware of it and and they can pay attention to it. It doesn't drive the narrative, but it can in some way affect it. And you've got to remember, too, we're at a place in Star Trek history heading now into the 52nd year, Matt. It's amazing to even say that. That uh, all these people are are longtime fans of this franchise. They're not coming in to upset the Apple cart to destroy your memories of Jean's trek has 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 been the refrain to the point where we sometimes joke about it. Um They want to see it live long and prosper, too. And every, series that's come on every spin-off has been greeted with that this is never going to work a a bald captain who's not a swaggering ladies man that'll never take off an android come on uh a captain that's not even a captain at the beginning of a series um we're we're gonna do a, a prequel now i mean it it all figures itself out and all of these shows got stronger as they went along. I really wish Enterprise could have gotten the chance for that fifth, sixth, and seventh season. I, I would have been interested to see. I, I know there's a lot of talk they would have gone to the Romulan War. We'll never know. Um, but we have new Star Trek on now. And I think people have finally dropped their shields a little bit and are embracing it
0: well and you reference you know star trek's past and and not Gene's trek and all of that um i let me be frank watching the in a mirror darkly two episodes there were a whole lot of things that let me down and that's even suspending the fact that i wasn't deeply in love with these characters because i hadn't seen the preceding 94 episodes um I just felt like, oh man, they're shooting this in the 90s style, even though it's the 2000s and it's, there's a whole bunch of production stuff that to me looked, given that it's so far removed from, you know, the 80s and 90s of the Star Trek resurgence, that just looked cheap or looked like, oh man, they're going with all these bright colors and bright lighting. Like that's not what we look for now. That's not what we were looking for in the mid 2000s, which is to say, Pete, I didn't necessarily love it but if you want more episodes like that i mean i'll take away the negativity if you want more episodes like in the mirror darkly with that aesthetic and that crew go back and watch enterprise if you want more standalone episodes that don't have overall overall arcs but still really look at some of the questions of the day and have a high production value go watch next generation there's 172 episodes if you want to see the future of television and serial storytelling and taking things a bit darker go watch deep space nine like those, all those episodes are still there and i guarantee you 99 percent of the people listening to this podcast don't have half of the 700 and whatever episodes really committed to memory the way you might think they do so there's plenty of surprises out there If that's what you want, to augment your discovery experience or to place your discovery experience, it's all still out there. Don't forget that it's out there. When's the last time you did your rewatch? Go do a rewatch. In the interim, they're making this show, which is as different as the other shows were
2: from the shows that preceded them.
1: Well, Matt, I know we also heard from our pal Fred in the Netherlands.
2: Hello Matt, Pete and listeners to the Discovery Podcast, this is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback on Star Trek Discovery episode 10, so last week's episode. After first watching it I would have given it a a 7.5, but after watching it the second time I really really liked it and I I will give it a 9. And I even heard people giving it a 10, but I don't want to go that far. I have some remarks and some questions, and uh, I tried not to touch upon things you already discussed last week. Um, First remark is that I really, really like the uniforms, and uh, I think a lot of people do, especially Burnham's and Tilly's uniform. Very, very nice design.
0: Definitely agree that they've augmented the Prime Universe uniforms in a really compelling way. You know, none of the other Mirror episodes ever stray too far from the original, which, again, I think we get so excited. Oh, everything's going to be different. No, this is not a reboot. This is a Mirror. It's slightly different. Um, and and I think they've captured that excellently with these uniforms.
1: At the same time, I noted that we, we've never had Saru um, in the Mirror uniform slave saru who doesn't even get a uniform but um tilly was out of her mirror uniform when they were tending to stamets which i thought was interesting so they're still maintaining that facade we will wear wear it when we need to you know the medical officers were wearing theirs not their medical mirror universe which is covered with skulls and you know much was made of all the little medals that tilly wears on her um on her uh carapace up top there with the master of poisons and how many kills she has and all that kind of stuff i can only imagine the uh the medical officers uh are known for their treachery there a la mccoy in the mirror universe
0: or dr flocks even yes See, that's my that's my Star Trek Enterprise contribution <laughs> Pete speaking of Dr. flocks some uh, more thoughts here from Fred regarding Dr. Colbert
2: another question I have or a point of discussion is when um, Taylor is uh, Tyler is uh, killing Colbert um, he has all kinds of data in his medical computer so if somebody finds him killed or wounded if he's not dead, Um, won't they look for the data he was the research he was busy on and other people will discover uh, what he discovered Uh, especially there should be a medical team uh, because uh, Lorca was also saying uh, another medical doctor should take care of Stamets so although we didn't see many uh, other medical staff they should be around
0: well, we certainly do see some more of that medical staff in this episode, Pete. What, what, what will be made of the files on Tyler um, now that he's he's in custody? I mean, is, is this going to be evidence for the prosecution? You know, evidence number one.
1: It's interesting as a, a thread for them to potentially follow. I don't know if they will, given. The shocking nature of his transformation um, necessarily go down the path of, well, here's what Culber found and then he was murdered. I, I think they know what they have in uh, Tyler now. No need to get into the, the files of
2: Culber.
0: Pete, this next question of Fred's is one I'm confident we will be able to answer.
2: Another question I have is, um, when they come into the mirror universe, uh, after looking for a while, they discover they have a different quantum signature than all other uh, ships and things there in the universe. I really wondered why other ships didn't uh, notice the different uh, quantum signature of the discovery. Uh, One possibility is, of course, that they just didn't look for it. but It's a way that they could have been discovered.
1: Well, I think it's an issue that, uh, you know, Burnham has uh, pushed a couple of buttons and for the convenience of story and the non-complication it's been dealt with.
2: And, of course, everybody wonders if we will see the discovery from the Mirror Universe just in the Prime Universe and see uh, Captain Killy act there. I think we won't see that. I agree
0: with you, Fred, that we're probably not going to see the extended adventures of the Mirror Disco in the Prime Universe. However, I keep returning to... Now I can't remember. Either the Mirror episode of Classic Trek or I know there's another episode where like, Captain Kirk's um, good qualities and his bad qualities are... um, Split in half by the transport or something like that. Yes. There's kind of this there's this question of, you know, if good people can pretend to be bad, what about the other me? I think this was the mirror episode, but r- regardless, it's this notion of, but bad people cannot easily act good. And they bring in Bad Kirk, who's ranting and raving. So I think, A, that is a template where if they're going to go to it at all, they're going to say, uh, listen, this is not how Starfleet people uh behave so we immediately quarantined them, took out the you know took out their warp drive and started a, a an investigation and they didn't they didn't get too far here
2: Okay, I wonder what you think about it. This was all greetings till next time, Fred.
1: Well it's always so great to hear from Fred and some really good points there. Thanks again. Pete, how can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,755 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do check out the podcast on its various places. Do be in touch in a variety of ways. Comment on FantasticGeek.com email us at fantasticgeek at gmail.com check us out on twitter and instagram where we are fantastic geek as well but wait pete there's more
1: facebook.com fantastic geek with the ph all one word like it
0: today well with that pete i know that we will discuss on our pop culture podcast feed agents of shield this upcoming friday we also have some runaways to conclude soon and of course we'll be back talking the next exciting adventure of uh, Star Trek Discovery next Sunday. And with that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word.
1: There are two sides to every battle.